Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome indeed. This is Dick Crawford, and that fine introduction this morning was from today, one of today's guests. That was Julie Primrose of the Rich and Julie Primrose Group uh, from Boise, Idaho. And Rich and Julie and I have trained in the same network for many, many years, and we truly enjoy our work as realtors. And we actually uh, were in a, a, a training subgroup a couple of years ago, and that's how we met, and we hit it off right away. And this is an, a wonderful opportunity for our listeners to get to know them and the area that they serve. So you two, how's life up there? Really good. Thanks so much, Dick. We appreciate the invitation. Well, let's just jump right in. Um, how or why did you get into real estate, and how did you get to this point in your careers? I know you've got a pretty good story. Yeah, so um, I actually was born and raised in Southern California and went into the military when I was 18 years old. And uh, the last 10 years, we spent our tour in the D.C. metro area. I was in the Air Force working at the Pentagon, and we uh, – once I retired, it was just kind of like I, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I wanted to find something that I felt like I could be in charge and enjoy my, my life. And Julie at the time was uh, owner of one of her uh, tech company, and I started doing real estate. And my first year, you know, I'd play golf a couple days a week, and my wife kept saying, Rich, you're not even working hard. And I kept saying, I'm doing what I should be doing. We should be fine. And lo and behold, the first year I was the rookie of the year for uh, about 500 new agents in Virginia and West Virginia. And at that point, Julie looked at me and said, well, I want to do it too. And I said, that's a great idea. I want to do it with you, but I don't want to do it in D.C. anymore. We were just kind of burnt out of the traffic and congestion, and we wanted to change in our life. So Lo and behold, we um, identified Boise, Idaho as where we wanted to go, and we called it our Control-Alt-Delete move or our life reset and basically moved to Boise, Idaho and didn't know, but we knew two people when we moved here, and it was kind of funny because all of my sister-in-law's friends were realtors, so I thought all of my new connections were going to be good leads, and they were all realtors, so... The one thing we weren't prepared for in Boise was the high amount of realtors in the area, but we're loving life. It's great here. Oh, that's very good. Julie, do you have anything to add to that? No. You know, I, I really think I would just add Rich is really the type of person that wants to help people reach their goals, and that was one of his main functions in the Air Force. And when he retired, I think he missed that piece. And real estate really is just the perfect fit for him and for me. And we that's, just love doing what we're doing together. You know, that's, uh, that's a good way to put it. And I hear that time and again. We just kind of find our, ourselves, regardless of what we choose to do, we find ourselves and we know it when we find it. Yeah, so that's good. Absolutely. You've, you've found it and you know it. I like the, uh, the control-alt-delete move. That's, that's very good. That made me sit up straight. That was a, that was a good way to put that. Uh, before we get too far into this, I've got three very quick questions for you about you. Um, what is your particular approach to the business up there? How do you guys run things? 
Uh, it is very much by relationship, and I'm proud and happy to say for the past three years we have been 100% by referral. Marvelous. Marvelous. You just leave it right at that. That's, relation, that's got relationships written all over it and, and a good track record, too, so excellent. Now, yeah, as, and you know, and 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 really, it's 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 not only just the clients that we have here; it's the other realtors like yourself that we have trained with, networked with, that have built really solid relationships. And when somebody's coming to the area, they know to call Rich and I, and it just it is truly a dream doing what we're doing. Fantastic. So, you're, and you're doing it with people you enjoy. There's nothing wrong with that. It, now, it makes for a good day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which turns into a good week and a good month and a good year and a good career. So that, that's great. As um, as realtors going through all these these different transactions, we re, we wear a lot of different hats. I always like to ask, what is your favorite hat uh, as a realtor when you're going through a transaction? What is it that uh, you really enjoy doing? You know, it's funny. One, working together as a husband and wife, it, when we were in the Air Force, I traveled roughly three weeks out of the month for almost 15 years. So Julie and I really didn't spend a lot of time together. And when we moved out here and we started working together, we are literally together 24-7. Um, a lot of our friends and family think we were insane. And part of that is it's we didn't get to spend as much time together all those years in the military, so we really do enjoy working together and being a husband together and working together as a, a, a team, excuse me. And then the real cool part is, you know, when we first started working together, we were just trying to figure out what our strengths and weaknesses were on doing a transaction. And, and we've naturally evolved where I'm normally the buyer's agent and Julie generally does all the listings. Um, how we manage the transactions. I generally do all the contracts. Julie does kind of the back-end paperwork and the marketing and branding for us. So it works pretty well. We, we, I think we have it pretty dialed in. Very cool. Now, in terms of working with the client, um, when you're in the middle of something with the client, um, you know, we do everything from touch-up painting to mowing lawns and helping people move and, and consoling them after selling their house of 30 years. Um, what portion of that, what, what type of uh, hat in that arena do you enjoy in terms of your interaction with the client? You know, uh, that's, a, that's a really great question. And truly, I think it's our authenticity and that we are here to serve and help our clients reach their goals. I mean, that, that's the number one thing that we start with when we sit down with our buyers or our sellers and just say, what are your goals? What, what do you want to accomplish? Let us help you get there. And truly, Rich and I are all in at all times. I mean, unless there is overbooking, we both attend all meetings. We typically are always at all showings together. Um, there are times we have to divide and conquer, but we truly present ourselves as a husband-wife realtor team, and we're there together with our clients all the time. Um, and, and really for our relocating clients, we've literally been in their shoes. 
And so we're able to share the experience we went through and, to, and also help alleviate some of their concerns or trepidations they might have about moving to the area. A lot of our clients that have relocated, especially out of California, have, had never even set foot in Idaho until they came in, sat down, and met with us for the first time. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really a huge blessing that, that people trust us and believe in us and allow us to help them reach their goals. And, and that honestly makes our life and career very satisfying and fulfilling. I, you know, it just means a lot to us. Yeah, and, and the fact that you've uh, walked a mile in their shoes already, you can relate to them very, uh, just a lot easier. So I, I gather that that's, that's, that's kind of the, the third question is, uh, what do you do to help your, your clients feel comfortable? And I, I think a big part of that is that you've been there before and you can relate to what they're going through. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing we always like to emphasize is, you know, we're here for the long haul and we're here, we'll go as fast as they want to go, as slow as they want to go. They're the ones in, in charge. So, you know, if they're ready to jump, we're ready to jump right along with them. Great. All right. Well, you are up in the Boise area. What cities do you serve? If somebody's looking at the map and they're, they're looking at, you know, the greater area, what cities or greater area do you serve? What's, what's included in that? So what I'd like to kind of say there, Dick, is Boise in, in general, they call this the Treasure Valley. And in the Treasure Valley, you've got uh, cities like Meridian, Eagle, Star, Cuna. Those are all in Ada County. And then you have Canyon County that's also in the Treasure Valley, which includes Napa, Caldwell, Middleton. Um, we also serve the mountain resort community of McCall, Cascade, and Donnelly. So the, the real short answer is if you were to put a bullseye on the city of Boise and draw a 100-mile radius, Julie and I are pretty comfortable working that entire area. Very good. So not a lot of boundaries. And, uh, and no, not at all. And what's the uh, kind of the distance from one end to the other of that area? Did, did you say 100 miles? Yeah, just I'd say, you know, it, it, it would be a 100-mile radius. About we, We've gone all the way up to Weezer, which is right on the um, Oregon border on the north. So, okay. And we've gone as far south as Mountain Home Air Force Base, which is about an hour south of Boise. Excellent. All right, very good. That's that's a wide swath. That's very comforting because a lot of times people come into town and they have an idea of what they want, and sometimes they they realize, no, nah, that's not exactly it. What else you got? So that's nice to right. know that you'd be able to to cover that for them. Now you mentioned the Treasure Valley, so there's a valley involved. I I gather. Uh, what's the area like? What what can uh, somebody expect when they when they come into town? We're we're kind of a high desert area and and Boise is literally at the base of the Rocky Mountains on the west side. So we call the mountains that we see from the valley, we call them the foothills because once you go in about another 40 miles, they become actually rocky mountains, if you will. So pretty much a, a high desert 
you know, it's, it's very lush and green. We, one of the things that I really love about the area is, especially here, is everybody thinks because you're in a desert it's going to be brown. And it's kind of the furthest thing from the truth because the way the engineers designed it back in the 30s, they basically have three giant reservoirs to catch the mountain snow runoff, and those reservoirs each hold one year of irrigation water for the farmers, and that's what it was designed for. But there's so much water that all of the people in the valley are able to use free irrigation water. And, you know, we've had friends from California that freak out when you pull the water hose off to clean the patio, and they're like, you can't do that. And we're like, don't worry, it's irrigation water, we're good. I, I, I got to admit, I've got a little bead of sweat on my forehead right now. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, overall, there's lakes, rivers. There's just a ton of stuff to do around here. It's, it's really beautiful. Very cool. And, and you're actually, I, I believe, you're in the, in the upper, like, like the northwest corner of the Great Basin. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay, so and, and the Great Basin going all through Nevada and I think parts of Idaho, or excuse me, parts of Utah. So it is a Great exactly. Basin. So you're you're pretty much the upper upper left corner of the Great Basin. That is but, correct. But you're at like I think 2,700. Uh, I always say square feet, being a realtor. You're at 2,700. <laughs> so you're at 2,700 square feet. What's it like at that altitude? Um, but you are at 2,700 feet, and that so that's a high desert. So what's what's the um, uh, you know what's the environment like? What's what are the four seasons and things like that? Well, we absolutely have the four seasons, and and so right now we're we're kind of in the at the end of what I'll call uh, early fall. It's, we're getting ready to see a little bit of snow this weekend. So we're going to see the temperatures in fall go from the 70s today, and we'll probably drop down in the 30s over the weekend. But on average, Boise gets about 19 inches of snow. And what's unique about it is because we're, we are in the valley, we'll get an inch or two of snow, and most times that snow will melt off by the afternoon. So you know, every once in a while you'll get a four or five inch dump and you'll have to go out and shovel snow for a little bit. But it's nothing like when we were in D.C. and you'd get 36 inches dropped one day and then another week later you'd get another 36. So it's, yeah. it's very manageable from a snow standpoint. It does get cold in January, February. It, I mean, we've gone a couple of years ago, I think we went, 30 days, and we didn't see uh, 32 degrees. So it, it can be cold in the winter times, but what I can tell you are the fall, spring, and summer makes up for all the cold you're going to deal with. And my favorite part of our environment is in the summertime, because we're on the far west side of the um, mountain time zone, it will stay light until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So there's a lot of fun sitting on your patio, enjoying friends and things like that. That's very cool. Sounds very good. And um, I think you've got, a, you've got a college in town there, Boise State University. We have uh, State University. Boise State right? University. <laughs> yeah. And uh, tell me about that. How's, how's that uh, college vibe add to the town? It's 
is tremendous what it does, especially for the downtown area. I mean, this year is unique in a lot of ways. So the normal of what we see during football season is really not happening right now. But typically you'll see when we've got it, when Boise State has a home football game, all the visitors coming in just drive to downtown, go to all the restaurants. There's just people out and about milling, just taking it all in. It is. So it's, I was kind of shocked, actually. Is that right, when you first saw it? Yeah. yeah so it, 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 it was it, a lot it, more people coming in than I would have ever expected. What was really, I think, one of the first tailgates we went to, and it was pretty funny because the other team, I believe it was Hawaii, was in town. And everybody's sitting around tailgating, and the, the Hawaii fans, they were just hanging out with everybody else. I mean, it was just like – I mean, of course, there's a college rivalry, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, overall, everybody was out in the, the parking lot of the stadium just tailgating and partying together. It was really neat. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's a good vibe to have because when it gets a little too serious, it gets a little awkward. That's, uh, that sounds great. Yeah. Now, you mentioned um, Treasure Valley and the Foothill of the Rockies and such, Foothills of the Rockies. Uh, where can people go on a on a good day trip or a long weekend? Um, you've got a whole lot of nature around you. What what kinds of things are available there? The, I tell you, even even spending a weekend in downtown Boise is a great thing to do. We have friends that have gotten a hotel room for the weekend and basically staycationed and acted like they were visitors in downtown Boise taking in all the different sites and tours. Um, So specifically for downtown, they do a lot of food tours uh, to the various restaurants. There's a Basque district that has, you know, authentic Basque food. Every Friday they do a giant paella out on the the patio, and you go in and just order a bowl full. Um, We have a lot of brew pubs, bicycle tours. Wineries. Um, and a lot of wineries. Um, if, oh, wow. if you want to get out of town, Sun Valley's a great uh, weekend getaway. It's about three hours from here. McCall, Cascade, and Donnelly are about a two-hour drive, uh, but super great mountain towns, um, act, year-round activities going on there. Shoshone Falls in Twin Falls is a stunning, stunning Waterfall. It's the it's essentially the Niagara Falls of the West. Oh wow! No kidding. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Wow. So there's there's oh go ahead. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask in in terms of the Great Basin, isn't there a place called Craters of the Moon? It's kind of an odd spot. Yes, there is, and that I actually was reading an article about Craters of the Moon a few um, weeks ago. And it was talking about how they brought the NASA astronauts that were going to go to the moon and try to get them in that environment because they said it was probably going to be the closest geological place similar to what they were going to see on the moon. Wow. Okay. There you go. So uh, if, you, if, you, if, you're, uh, if you're still interested in maintaining your gravity, that's fine. But you want to go to the moon, go to that, <laughs> go to that place. That sounds good. 
Now, with all those different um, things going on, and of course the the nature uh, that a lot of big cities don't have by default, um, you're attracting a lot of different er uh, people to the area. What what people are relocating to your area, and and the reasons for it? Any anything stand out for you? So I, I guess what I'd say is Rich and I are kind of a perfect example of who has been and who is relocating to the Boise area. Um, you know, we made our decision to leave Metro DC because we definitely wanted a better quality of life. We wanted a slower pace, um, yet still an active lifestyle. We really wanted the four seasons and a lower cost of living and, and really less regulation. Um, so we're seeing uh, a lot of retirees coming in. We're seeing a lot of families coming in that just want out of the grind of California and the, the financial, I'm not going to say hardship, but they, it's just not financially feasible to stay in California for them anymore. Well, and what's funny is we've had people relocate from Oklahoma, Texas, Arizona, Washington State, Oregon, California, and Texas. So, I mean, we've had people move. It's, it's not just Californians. That's the one thing that a lot of Boiseans think that there's this mass exodus from California, and that's the only people that are moving here. But we've, we've helped executives that were working for Dell. We've, you know, people that are – we're working with clients now that actually are executives at Starbucks, and they don't – because of COVID, they've all learned that they don't have to work from their – Seattle-based area, so they're like, we want to live somewhere where we want to live, and that's why they're coming here, really for the quality of life. There you go, and, and the fact that, uh, in, in Julie's example, the fact that they're coming from maybe a metro area, whether it's California or not, uh, they're getting a lot of new things when they move to your neck of the woods because there's just, it's a big difference, and the way you put it, Rich, is great. They want to they want to live where they want to live as opposed to live where they, where they have to based on their work. Um, exactly. And I, I call technology the, uh, the supporting actor award uh, go, goes to technology because all of it uh, would be very, very difficult without the, without the technology. So you're seeing a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons, and that makes for a good mix, and it probably helps with, uh, with the employment and such. Um, what about that, especially for those not working remotely? If they're going to you know, come into town, what's the outlook for employment? Well, there's a huge demand for, um, hang on, tech, basically healthcare, technology, retail, construction is huge right now. Um, we've got a couple of major players. We've got Simplot, which is basically an ag company or agriculture company. Albertson is the probably biggest employer in the city of Boise right now. We've also got a huge technology company called Micron. And then we've got some newer players. We've got um, a, a company that was a startup called T-Sheets, and they, they were based out of the town we live in, in Eagle. They, they were basically um, a great idea and has been bought out by Intuit. So now we have Intuit from the Silicon Valley is actually 
got 900 employees in our little hometown of Eagle. And building another uh, wow. campus. There yeah. you go. Huh. So that's a uh, pretty good mix of businesses involved, and uh, having tech come in uh, is very, very good. Uh, bring some some stability, I would imagine. Any any other prospects for big name companies in the future? Anything kind of rumbling? I you know there was one. It's a little further south. Dasani was a yogurt company. Or oh, uh, kind 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 the the people that make like the the snack bars. They're they're also here yes. as well. I mean it's. It's That's just it's diversity. funny because you get with with all of the I mean overall I'd say Idaho was very agricultural based uh, state but when you when you have a little city like a a little suburban city like Boise in the middle of it all of a sudden you see the technology and everything arise so it's it's been for us really fun to watch because both Julie and I our previous careers were both in information technology and and you know working in that world so we enjoy watching it now from afar and selling houses to those people <laughs> there's the punchline right there no and and with your your um coaching um feel that that I got from your answer earlier uh you like coaching those folks cuz they do what they do best and you do what you do best, and they're coming into a completely different environment, different geography and such, and they need that confidence that they've got somebody who's got their back. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. And, and, and really, Rich and I look at real estate, the, the, the actual process, as more of a project management, and that's the approach we take. I mean, that doesn't take the relational piece out of it. It's just how we try to manage the process with our clients. And, you know, so they have milestones, and we let them know what the milestones are, and we recognize when we hit those milestones with them. Yeah. So, I mean, the real from a real estate standpoint, we're very process-oriented, but from a coaching standpoint, we're very – we're very into helping them understand, you know, how to reach their goals and get them there. And, and that kind of breaks the two apart, but it really, all together, I think that's what kind of makes Julie and I special because we, we bring it together like that. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, that's, um, that's comforting, especially for people coming from out of town because they're in that new environment. They really need that, that assistance. So you've you've got a mix of new people from retirees to professionals to families and things like that. I, I mean, is there and you probably got some students at, at the university who stick around after they they graduate. Is is that the case? Is there a is there a vibe going on with that as well? Oh, absolutely. It's it's funny you say that. We we've actually got a build job going on right now with a with a real estate agent young lady and she was on the Boise State um, volleyball team and we we just kind of hit it off with her right off the bat and started talking about how, what brought her here and she goes well I came here and I just loved it so much this is what I wanted to do and and that's kind of what you do see a lot I mean it it's when you get to this area it it really grows on you or it has on Julie and I, I know for sure 
it, it, yeah, it's really, it's almost like you can take a, a deep breath and exhale and go, oh, it's, it's calm, it's open, it's just so many things that the big city is not anymore. And, and, and I'll go one step further. This is a little backwards to, or backwards to one of your original questions, Dick. When we decided on Boise, Rich had only been here one time prior. So he really took a leap of faith because I really wanted to be here to be closer to my sister. And uh-huh. I don't think there's been a day that he has looked back and thought, oh, what did we do? No, not at all. I mean, for us, right, we, we never could choose where we lived because the Air Force told us where to live. So we took it very, very seriously when we knew we were going to make a move because we knew we didn't want to go somewhere to only turn around and move again. And we really made the decision to come here as this is where we're going to live the next phase of our life. Wonderful. It's kind of, you know, people... um, it's almost like you got what you wished for. You, you were wishing for, gosh, if, if we could just live where we want to live and not be told where to live. And now all of a sudden you got that opportunity and you, you said, okay, let's take this seriously. This is... Uh, yeah, it was like we were 47-year-old turning into grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the responsibility to choose where you're going to live. That's, uh, that could be daunting. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so, a... A new person blows into town, such as you were, and how do they get involved in the community? Are, are there are there homegrown things to do? You know, beyond the usual like Rotary Club and church groups and such, are are there some homegrown things, some annual events that uh, rely on volunteers? Uh, absolutely, and 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 I'll just uh, throw this one out there. So when we did get here, you know, Rich was like, "Wow, I've got to find a way to network and meet some people." And golf is his thing. So he joined the Treasure Valley golf tour. golf tour, which is just locals that like to golf, and they would golf every other week for the entire summer. So that's what, that was kind of a good introduction for Rich to not only learn the different areas and golf courses, but also meet some, some new people. Um, St. Luke's is one of our major health care providers. Uh, a lot of our clients have volunteered with them. Uh, one of our clients specifically volunteers on the surgical floor. Um, there's plenty of um, military service organizations. Um, for instance, Idaho Veterans Ceremony does an annual wreath lane. Um, they do a Field of Heroes on Memorial Day, and Mission 43 is kind of a, a localized uh, military support organization. Uh, we've got the Idaho Food Bank, Dress for Success, Festival of Trees. So there's, it's really, you can get as involved as you want or not as involved as you want, but there are definitely opportunities. You know, there's, even volunteer at Boise State, there's, there's tremendous opportunities to get involved and meet people. Very cool. And that's uh, a good smattering, too. There's not just a lot of them, but it's a good smattering of different types of organizations. So that, that's, um, 
you don't have to uh, squeeze yourself into what's available. You can kind of pick and choose because there's a lot of different opportunities. Very good. Well, well back to the growth for a minute. Um, we talked about the uh, the mix of employment and the type of people coming in. Um, <laughs> how are the natives handling it? Uh, <laughs> and how's the, the congestion? <laughs> you, you were saying that the construction's hot. Uh, what's going on with the growth and how's it affecting the community? So... I'm going to kind of backdoor into this answer, but I'm going to do it through population because I always find the numbers funny when I look at our population just to get this started. So the, the population of Boise proper is about 228,000. Meridian is about 106, and the town we live in is 28,000. So put those numbers in perspective and then add about I don't know, 10, 15,000 people every three months. And the locals, I will say, there are some locals with, you know, we don't want the traffic and we don't want any more congestion. Take California back and move over the hill. But overall, I'll tell you that this is one of those really great towns that's generally very hospitable and very, you know, everybody's generally really nice and when we first moved here, Julie and I were kind of blown away coming from D.C. metro area. You'd go to the grocery store, and they would thank you for coming in, and they'd thank you for, you know, you know, going in and visiting them. And that's kind of what we see all the time. From a traffic perspective, you know, we really only have one interstate. It's highway or Interstate 84, which runs basically from Portland all the way to Salt Lake City, and it runs through Boise. So that's our main highway. But overall, Boise is built on a grid traffic pattern. So it's, it's pretty much everywhere you know, when you know where you're trying to get to, you just have to know where the choke points for traffic are and kind of work your way around. And as realtors, we're experts at that. And we love to share our secrets with people when they're <laughs> asking on how to get there quick. Right. Okay, good. So in all of that growth, are regional services keeping up? You got you know, any infrastructure pains, uh, things like that? You know, there is, and basically what we're seeing, because it's a grid highway system, a lot of the two-way highways are being expanded to four-way, and just going through that growth, the construction piece, that's where you're seeing a lot of that going on. But overall, I, I think the highway district does a, a really good job of keeping everything up. Some people will disagree with they that they do a good job cleaning up snow, but that's another story for another day. Um, I think the healthcare providers are doing great. I think they're not really having a, a real issue. The other thing we haven't talked about at all is our airport. And I've got to tell you, from traveling like I've done my entire life, I love the Boise Airport. Basically, they always tell you they want you to be there 45 minutes in advance. I can tell you from the time I get my ticket to the time I'm through security is generally less than 10 minutes. And right, right now we have seven air carriers that have nonstops all over. I think our newest nonstop is the longest now is a nonstop to Atlanta. 
but wow. we've got nonstop to Minneapolis. We've got pretty much a new one that just came in where we're flying nonstop to Palm Springs. So, I mean, air travel here is great. The airport is really easy to get in and out of, and they're adding a lot of new parking because during the winter months, the parking lots there do have a, a knack of getting full real early. Hmm. Now, that's very good to hear, uh, especially the airport side, because I've, I've read many times, and I can appreciate it, getting, getting close in that regard myself, that retirees are looking for, for a hospital and an airport, <laughs> because right. they want to feel uh, secure on the health side, and they want to get out of town easily if, uh, if necessary for, for vacations or family or whatever. Um, so... Are the regional services beyond that, like like healthcare and maybe other forms of public transportation, schools, are they keeping up as well? Absolutely, and and this it's funny the the main school district where we live is called West Ada, which Ada County. They are. I think right now there's four school, brand new schools being built as we speak, and and they're going kind of to the west of Boise to pick up a lot of where the growth is happening in our in our area right now. So, I I, I really have to say that, you know, is it perfect? Probably no, but really they're doing a good job keeping up. And then the boundary lines for schools, if you have kids, are always kind of constantly moving to keep the schools balance. where they need to be in balance. Thank you. There you go. Uh, yeah, good point. Okay, good. So they're taking a taking a good approach, and they're kind of uh, spinning all the plates at once, which is important to keep things balanced, as you say. Uh, yeah, and, and, back, and back to health care for just a minute, Dick. Um, yes. So we've got two major health care providers, St. Luke's and St. Alphonsus, and Again, going back to Rich, when he was in the military, and then coming here as a retiree, going into the healthcare system here, he consistently says and tells people, I, I receive better care now than I ever received when I was in the Air Force. And truly, we've got great doctors and, and facilities here. And, you know, one thing we haven't mentioned, there's a huge VA hospital downtown Boise that for, for veterans as well. And that kind of slipped through my mind. But, yeah, that's another backup for people as well. Huh, very good. Well, that's, uh, all of that is so important, especially, with a, especially in a period of high growth, but so very important to people coming in, you know, from, from – uh, from different areas and you know they just don't know what to expect and they they're uncomfortable if things aren't you know similar in terms of services aren't similar to where they come from so that's important to know that they seems like uh, seems like your area is handling that quite well what about um, what about the cost of living Uh, I often say California's cost of living can be brutal how does yours compare to places like California or other metro areas, maybe, maybe uh, you know, Texas or Denver? How does that compare? I, I'll start by saying the cost of living is not brutal here. <laughs> we, okay, <laughs> then let's, let's go on to other things. <laughs> All right, good, good no, leading. It, it, 
one of the things, it's really funny because we've had two or three people recently moving here from Palm Springs area, and we, we talked to them about their, um, their utility bills. And this really made me laugh because our, our average utility bill, and we live in a 27-square-foot single-level home, our, we're on level pay with our utility company, and our electric bill is $160 a month. Wow. Talking to our Palm Springs friends living in less than 1,200 square foot, their air conditioning bill or electric bill, mind you, was more than $850 a month. So when they come out here, they're kind of in shock. I think Idaho Power does a really good job of keeping the prices down. A lot of our power comes from hydroelectric. From the I, Earlier I was talking about the reservoirs and how they move the water down so it's free irrigation water to the valley. But that water, as it's moving down, there's um, electric stations where they get hydroelectric power from moving the or dams to moving the water down the hill. So it's really unique. We have very good power costs. Our gas prices right now, I think it was 219 yesterday for a gallon of uh, regular gas. Nice. So I'm trying to think of other costs that would be. That would oh, our taxes. Our taxes are. So one of the really unique things that we like to share, when, when you move to Idaho, Say, for instance, you buy a $500,000 house. The first $100,000 of that house is not taxed. It's called your homestead exemption. So you would only be taxed on a $400,000 house versus what you actually paid for it. And your assessment values are, I think right now, they're saying to use nine hundredths of a percent for your, for your um, income, not your is it your the assessed value of your home? Home, correct. So, so uh, the assessment value, you mean? Correct. So, you get a hundred thousand um, dollar um, exemption, if you will, off of your your assessed value. Is that hundred thousand exactly. dollars straight, or is it is it twenty percent? Because your example was a five hundred thousand dollar house. Is it a hundred thousand dollar for a two hundred thousand dollar house? Hundred thousand dollars for a million dollar house? How does that exactly? If, if you had a house, if you bought a two hundred thousand dollars house, you'd only be taxed on a hundred thousand dollars home. Wow! And for our for our California listeners, that compares to I believe to our seven thousand dollars exemption exemption that we have. So that's a bit of a difference, <laughs> uh, a positive difference in uh, in Idaho. Uh, Absolutely. Great. And and so your your uh, property tax is right around or maybe below the one percent mark. Is that is that accurate? Did I interpret that properly? Yeah, it's, right now it's point zero zero nine is what you would what you would pay for your property tax. Okay, so just below one percent, and that is taxed on uh, after the hundred thousand dollar deduction from your assessed value. Fantastic. Exactly. And then that's great. So so what do you get for a 500,000 that that $500,000 house? Uh what's what's the size and and bedrooms and baths and all that kind of stuff? Well, it, you know, I it's, that would be subjective, but I'd say overall for a $500,000 house in in the area right now, you're probably looking at 
22 to 2,500 square feet, single level, probably on a quarter acre of land. And I would say most of these homes are in subdivision, so, you know, you will have a small HOA fee. Our HOA fees vary, but I'd say they vary from about $50 a month to up to maybe $200 a month max. I haven't seen many over that. Sounds like uh, Southern California about 30 years ago. That's great. Very right. good. So, um, so good-sized home for that $500,000 mark. That's outstanding. And some of it, 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 does that translate to the new construction as well? So new construction is a little bit higher. Um, in fact, our, our market has been so hot for the past couple of years. Like, I, I mean, it's really a, a market that no one has really ever seen in, in the Valley before. When we first moved here, the average home price was... 220000 for the for the average home. And right now we went over four hundred. Yeah, so for resale... Wow. And and we the 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 um, Boise Regional Realtors broke it down starting last year for uh, the resale versus new construction because there is a variance. So um, average sales price on a resale right now is four hundred four thousand nine hundred seventy two dollars. New construction is roughly four hundred fifty five thousand three hundred ninety three. Okay. Um, so a little bit higher. On, you getting... Yeah. And our our average days on market for resale is 31. I will tell you, with what we're doing with buyers, there home, homes that are priced right that are well cared for. If they hit the market Thursday, they are typically under contract by Saturday. Yeah. I and, can't tell you how many times I hear that from across the country. That's that's just yeah, no different. Inventory no different at all. Inventory is a huge a problem with us right now, and that's the it is a problem. But like we were talking about, the new construction piece is our ace in the hole, if you will, because we do have so much agricultural land that is being converted to subdivisions as it moves to the west and north. So. We, we actually are doing a lot more new construction deals than we have in the past, but we still do resale. Resale is still our bread and butter, if you will. It's just you have to find, you have to find that person that's going to be on top of it so when those houses that meet your criteria hit the market, we're on top of it to get you in there and make an offer and make sure we get it right because multiple offers and, people writing well over the list price is very much normal right now. Hmm. Is there a, a mix of 55-plus uh, communities, uh, townhomes, condos, or is it primarily uh, single-family in, in subdivisions? There are uh, 55 and older communities. Um, I, I will say we're seeing more uh, 55 and older communities going up. Um, but but there's definitely a good mix of those, um, and and it varies from single family to townhomes, uh, to duplexes, that sort of thing. Uh, we have quite a few gated communities 
you know, if, if, if folks are interested in that route. Golf course communities. Golf course communities. Um, it's, it's really a mixed bag. It just really, truly depends on what the buyer is looking for. And you can still build up in the foothills and have panoramic views of downtown Boise and the Oahe Mountains. So yeah. it's, there, there wow. truly is something for everybody. Yeah, it sounds like it across all uh, across all. One of the things that, that I'll that's tell that's you fantastic. that we don't have a lot of dick or pools. I, I think <laughs> I was doing the research on this a few months ago, and I think out of all the homes in the valley, we're looking at maybe one, no more than one and a half percent of the homes have a pool because really our pool season is just the summer months. It's just too cold to keep them heated up all year long. Right, right. No, absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. And, what's that? Oh, and I was just going to say, and the majority of the subdivisions have a community pool and clubhouse of some sort. Well, and a lot of times, um, you know, people get a pool because that's their little little oasis, if you will. But if you're in an mm -hmm. area, if you're in an area like yours, um, you know, the world is your backyard. So there's plenty of things to do with with no congestion and such. So there's, in, in that sense, even if the um, if if the climate were different, uh, you still wouldn't necessarily need a pool because you don't necessarily need that little oasis because you've got plenty of room to run around and do things. Right, and and one of the big activities in the summertime is floating the river. Yeah. And so you can float you can float the Boise River if you want a little more excitement in your river float, the, the Payette up towards McCall is a great rafting area. So, yeah, we've got class three and class four rapids up when you get up a little bit north of the Boise area. So wow, there's nice. a lot of uh, kayaking and that kind of stuff going on as well. So you, so you don't need a pool. You got a, you got a, you got a river. You got a whole river to yourself. Right. Very good. Well, um, if somebody comes into town and you know they decide they want to live there, and they've already sold their house or they're about to sell their house, um, what about that that transition? Can they find a place to rent, or is it uh, pretty impacted? Uh, rent, renting is a challenge right now, but we have been very fortunate. Um, we we have several property management management firms that, that we keep in our database and stay connected with, and they have been able to help all of our clients that have needed rentals. Um, sometimes it's not quite ideal. We had uh, a family of four with a dog that went under a contract for a new construction that wouldn't be done for a year, and they decided to move here immediately. And the best they could do was a two-bedroom apartment. So, you know, there's, there's challenges, but I think we've been fortunate enough that our clients recognize the value of getting here and being here, that they're, they're willing to make the sacrifice to live small, if you will, until yeah. their home is ready. Well, and the important thing is that in, in the two of you, uh, they would have somebody who knows the territory, knows, knows the terrain, and can help them, you know, figure all that out and make those choices as in some cases, as you say, might be a tough choice, but with the greater goal in mind, this is what we need to do to get it done. So that that's good to know. 
Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of um, a lot of difficulty in in getting rentals in a lot of parts of the country right now, simply because of the the building boom and 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 the churning that's going on. There's a lot of people kind of on the move. Yeah, that's um, definitely now, a true statement. Now, when so person is in town and they, you know, they're renting and they've got new construction going on, that they're a little bit more hands-on with it. But what about somebody who, who is thinking, well, I'm gonna, you know, I want to buy a place that's gonna be ready for me in six months, and I'm gonna just sit tight here, in my home state, and you know, keep working and wait it out. How can you help that out-of-state buyer with new construction in the meantime? I mean, you you got to you know, got to help them stay focused and whatnot. How does that work? <laughs> That's funny you ask that question because we've got about five of those going on as we speak. And, and I did not know that. That was not a staged question. Uh, <laughs> is, is that but right? So really, tell me about those. Yeah. So yeah. So actually, today after this call, we've got two Zoom calls introducing the builder to the buyers, and what we go through. And these initial calls are really dialing in the floor plans and taking the the time to really make sure we're identifying exactly what they want and the builder is able to take their ideas and put it in the blueprint and then get the pricing right. And once the pricing's right, they lock everything down and start construction. Normal construction for most of the builders we're seeing Depending on the size of the house, I will say if you under 2,000 square feet, you're probably talking three to four months. Up to 3,000 square feet, you're probably talking a six-month build. And then when you get over four or 5,000 feet, you're up around eight to nine months for a build job. Those, what, what Julie and I do during the, the construction phase, if the buyers are not coming up, we'll go drive the um, lots on an, a weekly basis, take pictures to see what's going on and show you the improvements and the, the gradual construction getting completed. So we follow that along. Um, we always, you know, generally we have weekly calls with all of our buyers that are under contract just to kind of talk them through what's going on in the process and see if there's any questions or things that we can help them with along the way. So. That's kind of our process on new construction, but to me, it's, it's really fun. I, I, building a new house, to me, is, is like Lincoln Logs. I've always enjoyed the process of that. <laughs> so I, we enjoy working with people going through the new construction phase. Very cool. And it's, it is a um, kind of a harrowing experience if you're living out of state while all that's happening. So it's nice to know that you're you know, taking pictures, as you say, and, and keeping them filled in as to what's going on. That's very comforting for somebody, especially living at a distance. Do you have any, yeah, exactly. uh, do, do you have any advice for out-of-state buyers coming your way? I mean, how, how, can, they, how can they approach it? Because everybody has heard quite a, quite a bit of, of things about Idaho, and it is, there's a little bit of buzz around it. If somebody's considering it, what would you say to them? How do they, how do they prepare for that? I, I would say first and foremost, come out for a visit. Just take it all in, see if it if it really fits the lifestyle that that they want to live and what they're looking for in terms of making a big move. I'll also say do some homework, um, get to know the areas. We have a, a relocation package that we send out to all of our state buyers 
Uh, and it's just a, a basic, get, it familiarizes them with all Boise and the surrounding towns, the healthcare system, um, parks. It, it, it helps them kind of get their bearings because we're on lots of top lists, best places to retire, Meridian is the best new city to move to. So there is definitely the buzz, um, but homework is really important um, in terms of, you know, what their goals and requirements are. And, and we really have deliberate conversations with our buyers, you know, what's their why, what's their goal. Um, and then we put, Rich and I put our heads together find some very specific communities or homes that, that we think would resonate with them. We'll send them the MLS listing, um, and we kind of start that way. When, when clients do come into town, we sit down with them first thing. Um, we typically spend hour, hour and a half in the office, just everybody getting to know each other, make sure it's a good fit, talk about all their requirements. Sometimes after that meeting, we just say, here's the areas we think you should drive or just go drive around. And then the next day, we get feedback from them and we end up finding homes in some of the areas of, of interest and we go start showing them properties. There you go. That's outstanding. It's so important to do your homework ahead of time, not just about the area, but do your homework about yourself. What do we really want? Yeah. What are our limits or what are our must-haves? Um, absolutely. Yeah, because – Go ahead. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's, it's funny. A lot of people, when they think of Boise, they just think, oh, it's just – it's all big, wide-open spaces, and we want acreage, and we want – you know, and they have these grandiose ideas, and then they get here, and we show them the acreage properties, and they say – oh, well, that's a little bit more work than I think we want to entertain. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's good to dream. It's good to have big, wild ideas. But, you know, people have to also be realistic of what, what they can and can't do. And nothing like being uh, boots on the ground and, and looking at it yourself and discussing it with somebody like yourselves who uh, really kind of understand what, what the transition's all about. That's valuable. Yeah, we've got, we've got a client that we're working with right now. When we first started working with them, they had to have an acre. And, you know, there, I'd love to tell you there's a ton of acre residential homes in the area, but I'd be lying to you. And so we literally drove this family to our house and said, this is what a half an acre looks like. And they were like, oh, this is plenty of land. And I'm like, exactly. I, once you understand what it really looks like, then it, it changes your perspective. There you go. Absolutely. And, and we hear so much from so many different sources. We've got to hear it from ourselves and really look at it. As you say, look at the backyard. You know, don't, don't, don't label it an acre or a half acre. Just look at it, see what it feels like, and then we'll, we'll get something that's, uh, that's what you want. That's very good. I like that. That's ingenuity. Come on, let me show you a real half acre here. That's great. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. We, we think outside the box, and we sometimes do things on the fly, and it really 
works out well for us and for our clients. Because well, if, if that particular that particular instance that Rich talked about, I mean, it just changed the entire dynamic of the day once they saw a quarter acre. Wow. So it's it's just interesting, you know. There's there's what you think, and then there's the visual side of it, and oh, the maintenance, oh, the this, oh, the that, and yeah, yeah I, I think we've got them under contract on just under a half acre. Right. Very good. That that really speaks to the human element of it, and and the the very personalized element of it, and that's where. Somebody like yourselves comes in really handy because you can relate to people and you can shift gears and um, you know make an audible call in the middle of things just to kind of clarify, you know, clarify the situation and help it move forward. Very good, very good. Well, all of that very well said. I truly appreciate your insights and your candor, uh, and I always love learning about all the different agents in our network and the areas that they represent. And, you know, we've known each other for a few years here, but it's been fun learning more and especially learning more about your neck of the woods because, you know, we read a lot and we hear a lot, but it's nice hearing it from people who live there. So thank you very much for joining me this morning. I, uh, I appreciate your time and I hope you enjoyed being on the show as well. It's been great, Dick, and we honestly thank you so much for the opportunity. We we love where we live, and we just feel really, really blessed to share it with people because it is truly one of the most unique places we've ever lived. So thank you for allowing us to, to share about Boise, and we hope you'll come visit us one of these days soon so you can see it for yourself. I tell you, um, there's all kinds of reasons to get up and get out, and uh, <laughs> COVID is a big one right now. But, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of reasons, and I, I enjoy the West. I've taken a lot of road trips, and I went across uh, the Panhandle there a while ago, went through Wallace, Idaho, which is up in the Panhandle, I do believe. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's beautiful up there, and I, I've got uh, Craters of the Moon on my list. So... Um, you better uh, better be careful. I'm going to be knocking on your door pretty soon here. You're always welcome. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Dick. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope we're uh, going to talk real soon. I think we're going to see each other in, uh, in the spring in Arizona at our big event. And I'm sure we'll get a chance to, to grab a meal together. I certainly hope so. So in the meantime, best wishes for an excellent rest of your year. And take good care of yourselves. Thank you, Dick. You too. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Rich and Julie Primrose of the Primrose team from Boise, Idaho. And you can, you can tell they're very personable and very experienced professionals with a very good perspective on, on moving into the area. And they're certainly ready to help you land on both feet in, in their Treasure Valley area. If you'd like me to introduce you formally to them, please feel free to contact me and I will be happy to hook you up. And to understand the value of using a realtor who I know and my colleagues know, uh, take a listen to the first episode of, of Eyes West. It's called the Eyes West Resource. It's at the bottom of the list. You might need to click on the, uh, the quote-unquote older episodes link. Uh, to learn a little bit more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor. 
I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County in Southern California, and I have trustworthy colleagues throughout Southern California who can help in areas that I, that I don't serve. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, be good, be well, be safe. Take care. Bye-bye now. It's no longer being recorded. Oops.